God gets angry. Look at the New Testament. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 3 real quick and see that Jesus certainly displayed anger. If we look in Mark chapter 3, we see this example where Jesus is in the synagogue and um, and he's there with the Pharisees and, and there's a man that comes in with a shriveled hand. And notice what it, what it says here. Mark chapter 3 in verse 1. Another time he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely <laughs> to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Really? They're looking out to see if Jesus is going to do something wrong. And Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. And Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. And notice what Jesus does here in verse 5. It says, he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and the hand was completely restored. Jesus was angry. He looked at these Pharisees, and he saw their hearts, and he saw how they, they have, they've twisted, and they've made the Sabbath something that it wasn't intended to be. And Jesus got angry. This is a righteous indignation that something is wrong. So sometimes anger, and anger is something that's inside of us, and it's an indication that something is wrong. This frustration that we have in our hearts, there's something wrong that needs to be changed. And so Jesus' anger burns at these, at these Pharisees who are false teachers and who are following false ideas and who have perverted something that God created. We certainly know that Jesus was upset when he went into the temple. And here, we, here these guys are, the tax collectors, selling, selling things in the temple. And Jesus takes those tables, he turns them over, he says, guys, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer. And you've made it into a den of thieves and robbers? There are things that should make us angry. There's a righteous anger that is, it's okay for you to be angry when anger leads to righteous action. The struggle with mankind, man's anger, is that God is God, and God knows how to, how to control anger. God knows how to manage anger. God knows what to do with anger, and oftentimes, we don't. And that's why we need God. We need the Holy Spirit to be helping us to, to properly express anger and indignation. In my family, just a side note, um, Nebraska football is a big thing. Now, it's not this year, of course. Well, it is, but it doesn't really matter. Points don't matter. And, uh, it, but um, we would, when, when Karen and I were dating, <laughs> we... We went home and, and uh, we went home at Thanksgiving. And of course, if you're a Cornhusker fan, you know that that at Thanksgiving is the time when we were in the Big Eight that we played Oklahoma. And usually, Nebraska was undefeated, 
going into the big game. Right? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? This is a rep. I'm not sure you can be in this. Well, you can be in this church now. <laughs> this is an Oklahoma fan. And so for some reason, I would be very, like, for some reason, Oklahoma, once in a while, more than once in a while, they would ruin the Cornhusker season. So Karen comes into this, into this environment. It's tradition that we always sit down and we watch the Husker game together. Um, and, <laughs> and I use sit lightly because uh, it's not really that way. And it was the same in Oklahoma, wasn't it? Yeah. You don't sit when you watch a Nebraska-Oklahoma game. You stand there and you criticize the coach and you criticize the quarterback and, and every time that we never threw the ball, you're like, you, you start to get in a rage. Like, it's, it's a literally a raging environment. And, and here's my mom, this, this lovely Christian woman, beautiful Christian lady, loves the Lord, prays. You'd have thought, like, what is that? How could, how could something like this possibly come out of something like that? right? And, and you're like, what is wrong here? Well, that is not, that's wrong anger out of selfish desire, right? And we have to then kind of go like this and we go, you know, we know it's just a football game, but it's not just a football game, right? Yeah, it's a way of life. Life flows out of Nebraska football, really? If you stop and analyze it, it's just stupid, right? But, and I say that kind of in tongue-in-cheek, being 45 and much more mature now, and I don't ever do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter anymore because we lose. We're in the Big Ten now, and the teams are all better. Um, <laughs> but... At the end of the day, we can stop, step back and go after that and go, wow, that was just, that was nonsense. And I think that's the kind of anger that often we express as human beings. Um, what provokes us to anger? Um, we can certainly get angry at the things that God gets angry at. I think what, and so anger can come from very strong convictions Think about, think about the pro-life movement. Where do you think the pro-life movement came from? I, I believe that it came out of frustration. Like, really? We're going to kill babies? And so there's this, this frustration that's, that's in them to go, you know what? We need to do something about this. And it makes, and then there's a proactive response, and that proactive response is now the education that comes through the pro-life movement. But what normally provokes us to anger? Um, it's oftentimes it's not that. Oftentimes our anger is expressed out of our own sinfulness or the sinfulness of others. What provokes you to anger? What about when you don't get your way? Oftentimes, angry people, they get what they want. Why? Why did this PhD teacher get Don, Don, let's keep his name Don, to do what he wanted? 
he ruled out of fear. If you don't, if you don't follow the PE teacher, he's going to beat you down. You better follow the PE teacher. Now, that would never happen in today's world. Don would be, there would be a lawsuit, and PE teacher would be done. But we get angry when we don't get our way, and so then we rule by fear. It's our own selfishness that fuels that. Or we aren't getting our way in our family, and so we, to get attention. Um, anger can be a, a form of communication for us. I have to raise my voice to the point of yelling out loud like in a rage above everyone else's voice so that I can be heard. And I don't believe that that kind of anger is godly. I believe that that kind of anger is sinful. And that's the kind of anger that, that God is saying, get rid of anger when he says that. Learn to control that anger, control that response. Proverbs 14, 29 has something to say. It says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Proverbs 15, 18 says, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. What's more productive there? In, verse, in Proverbs 15, 18. Being hot-tempered or being slow to anger, which actually accomplishes what you're, what you're trying to do. We know that temper just stirs things up. It just escalates the situation. But a person that's slow to anger, patient, quiets the situation quiets contention. Men, I think it's important in our families, husbands and wives, it's important in our families to apply this verse to the way that we deal with our children. If you want to quiet contention in the home, we've got to learn what it means to be slow to anger. What provokes us to anger? When someone else hurts us, think about that. When someone else, else hurts you, how do you respond to that hurt? Revenge? You did this to me. You better watch your back, because I'm going to do this back to you. Right? You ever have that kind of response to things? Proverbs 19.11 says this. It says, Good sense makes one slow to anger. It is his glory to overlook an offense. We need to learn that. Because sometimes our immediate response when someone says something, and it may even be mis mistaken and taken out of context, is to fire back at them. We need to calm. We need to be slow to anger. Now, I do want to say something to those who have been deeply wounded um, by the past, because there are other things that can provoke us to anger, um, and, and perhaps a parent consistently criticized you when you were growing up, or you weren't the favored child at home, 
your parents got a divorce, or your spouse had an affair, or maybe you had a traumatic experience, <laughs> um, such as being physically or emotionally abused by, by someone close to you. Um, this is not a, this is, I don't believe this is what Proverbs is saying in 1911 when it says, overlook an offense. But those things certainly can be deep inside of us and stir us to anger. Now, those, those deep wounds, they can leave us, they can leave you bitter and they can leave you angry for a long time in life. And that's why we need the Lord. <laughs> we need the Lord in the midst of our, in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our past hurts, we need God to step into that situation. It's, I think it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ that we can move towards forgiveness, that we can move towards healing. Um, it's kind of like Gus likes, likes to allude to this, we can stop drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die. And so we have to deal with that anger We've got to go deep into it and let God heal our hearts. What else provokes us to anger? Sometimes anger simply comes from being frustrated with ourselves. This is, this is my struggle. Anger can stem from your own insecurity. It can stem from your own frustration, not being able to do something, or things not working the way they're supposed to. I find that the time when I get the most angry is when I'm working on my vehicles at home. And, and, and oftentimes, what I'm thinking as I'm working on these things, and now I pray before I go out there, and I go, God, I know this is going to be hard. I know I'm going to get angry. I know that that's going to happen. God, help me to stop before I get into a raging, you know, try to bend the tool in half, which you just can't do that anyways. But at the bottom line in there is, is the fact that I'm thinking, why can't I do this? If a mechanic can do this, and I just watched YouTube, I should be able to do this just as fast as a mechanic does it. This is not rocket science. It's pretty simple. There's a reason that God made mechanics and that we don't all have the same abilities to do things. And you know what? I have to tell myself that that's okay. You probably wouldn't want a mechanic doing counseling with people. I don't know. Maybe you would want your mechanic to do your counseling. I don't know. But uh, we just have different things that we can do. But I think there's a, there's a sense where we can get frustrated with ourselves. And that can easily seep into anger. Here's what Proverbs 16:32. This might be a stretch. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. I gotta think about that. Think about that for a second. Whoever is slow to anger is, is better than, than trying to be like a mechanic. Or, and he who rules his spirit is better than trying to think like you can just fix this car and, and no time flat. 
that's that's tied loose, very loose. In other words, it's more important for me to control my anger in this situation than it is for me to, you know, think that I should do something that we pay people to do. Um, but we can become frustrated with ourselves. And the question then is, how, how do we handle anger? Here's what Ephesians 4.26 says in the New Testament. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Okay? That's from, that's from Psalm 4.4. 4. In your anger, do not sin. There's an assumption in this verse that we get angry and that angry is not necessarily sin, right? Angry is not sin. Angry can lead towards sin. And so that's why he says in the next, next piece of this verse, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Again, going back to the definition, anger is an indication of something that's wrong. Therefore, we must deal with the issue that is making us angry. Anger is something that you do not want to hold on to, and I believe that's what this verse is teaching us. So, in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, don't hold on to this anger. Anger is not something that you want to hold on to in your life. It's something that you want to allow that can fuel you to make a, a positive change in your life. But oftentimes people just hold on to it and they don't let it do what, it was, what its intention was to do. James 1, 19-21. I think this gives us some instruction on how to handle anger. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We serve a God who is what? Slow to anger, abounding in love. And now the New Testament is instructing us as believers in Jesus Christ to be slow to anger. I think there's a couple ways that we can deal with anger. Two ways. One, we can be constructive or we can be destructive. Constructive anger. Constructive anger says this. We, we grab, anger comes, and it will come. Frustration comes, and it starts to boil up. And instead of letting it explode, we begin to take that, that anger, and we start to work on the problem. We say, why am I getting angry? What's going on here? What's the problem? And so we take that then, and righteous anger is, is reconciling the problem by finding the facts and seeking to solve what's, what's wrong here. That kind of righteous anger, constructive anger, it's short-lived, seeking to be reconciled either to God or oftentimes to, uh, to the other person that we're angry with. And so there is a sense where there is, there's constructive anger. I think a lot of times in the natural selfish man, we respond with destructive anger. A lot like the lady in the Billy Sunday illustration 
you know, who just blows up and then I feel better. Well, it's, then there's the shotgun and, and, the, and the wake that you left behind in your anger. God's desire would be for us to be constructive, slow to anger, realize that man's anger doesn't bring about the righteous life that God desires. This quick-tempered flash that Proverbs talks about, this has no place in our lives. It's destructive. It's sinful. And, it's, and it doesn't just hurt us. It hurts all the people that are involved in it. So what do we do? What should I do if I'm an angry person? Um, what do I do? Some of you are in here are like, you're going, man, that's me. I am quick-tempered. I have no doubt in this room that there are people who are quick-tempered. Um, first of all, I want to say this, just a side note. There are health risks that are involved in anger. That constant flood of, of stress and the chemicals associated with, with anger. Um, if you go read Mayo's website about anger management, this is what it says. It says that there's, there's some of the short and long-term health problems that have been linked to unmanaged anger. Here's what they include. Headache, digestion problems such as abdominal pain, insomnia, increased anxiety, depression, high blood pressure, skin problems such as eczema, heart attack, stroke, and obviously the last two are, are the most important. Angry people can have heart attacks. It, it, it can, your blood pressure can go through the roof. It's not healthy for you to be that way. And of course, I don't even need to talk about the, the relationship risks of anger. I read one statistic this week that over 90% of all counseling stems from anger. And so what should I do if I'm an angry person? I think James 1.19, I've been thinking about this phrase here at the end of this, this verse in verse tw 20. Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and then it says this, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. He says this in the context of be slow to anger. Man's anger doesn't bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of this man, this man anger that we're talking about and humbly accept the word of God planted in you. What is the word that is implanted in us? I believe it's the gospel. I believe that the word that, is that has been implanted in us is the gospel. And that gospel is the fact that Jesus Christ took the wrath of God at the cross. He took all of God's anger, all of God's wrath, and he placed it on the Lord Jesus Christ so that our relationship with God could be restored. Remember when we studied through Romans and it talked about the hostility that exists between man and God and that God moved first and that God took away the hostility. And I have to wonder, and it makes me think about folks who are not born again. Where does deep down inside, where does that anger come from? 
a broken relationship with God. If we're going to get rid of anger, if we're going to manage anger in our lives, it begins at the cross. Anger management begins at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the truth. You need the truth of the gospel. You need the word that's been planted in you. You need to humbly accept that word. Receive it. And be radically transformed and let Jesus Christ radically change your heart. To be forgiven by God. That's the first step toward living at peace with others. And that's the beautiful transaction that takes place at the cross when we surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. When we experience the peace that God brings to us. It's supernatural. It's something that I can't even explain or or tell you. Or even understand completely other than to experience it. Jesus ended the hostility between us and God by bearing God's wrath and his anger. You can give your anger now away to God. God can be your safety valve, if you will. What should we do with anger? What should I do if I'm an angry person? (laughs) Take it to God. Let him forgive you. Let him heal you. Second thing would be this. <laughs> Spend time daily meditating on God's mercy to you at the cross. It's not something that you simply apply one time. It's something that you continue to go over and over again. We go to God with, with it. We take it to the cross. We surrender it. We focus on, we focus on the fruit of the Spirit. God's given us these, emo- these beautiful emotions and the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We take our anger to God and we say, God, I, I, wanted, I don't want to be angry like this. I want you to take this anger. Give me self-control in my life. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not taking this to God alone. The Holy Spirit is the guy. He is is with you. It's his fruit that we want living in us. And if we continue to meditate, we continue to go to God, God will change us. He'll change our character. He'll change the way that we respond when we get frustrated, when we're provoked to anger. God can change the way that we respond. Maybe another verse to focus on would be Colossians 3, 12 and 13. It says also to conquer your anger, he says, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. That might be a good verse to put on your mirror. In fact, I'd encourage you, take that verse, write it out, put it up where you brush your teeth in the morning, and look at it every day. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. What do we do? What do we do if if I'm an angry person? If you've blown up at at people, you've blown up at someone, specifically your family, 
Go to them. Ask them for forgiveness. Humbly accept the word of God that's been planted in you. If as a husband and wife you've argued angrily in the presence of your kids, call the family together, men. Take the initiative and tell your kids, you know what, when I yelled at your mom, I sinned. I've asked God to forgive me, and I've asked your mother to forgive me, and I want to learn how to, how to be different. I want to learn how to please God by not getting angry like this in the future. When you get angry at your kids, <laughs> anybody ever get angry with their kids? Anybody go over the top angry with their kids? Yeah. You're going to mess up and you're going to sin. You're going to do it wrong sometimes. When you do that, don't walk away and hang your head in shame and go, man, I'm such a bad person. I know I shouldn't have done that, but I did it anyways, and now I don't know I can't do anything about it. You can do something about it. You know what you do? This is what I have to do. I have to bring my kids in and I say, you know what? Your dad is a filthy, rotten sinner, and he screws up a lot. I'm sorry. This is not the way that I should have handled this situation. This is not the way that I want to, to handle this situation, and I'm sorry, and I need you to forgive me. Yeah. Dirty rotten. That wasn't in the notes, but... If you don't do that... Here's what your kids are going to start thinking. Well, here's dad. He claims to be a Christian, claims to follow God, even preaches to the congregation on Sunday morning at church, but boy, he, sure, he certainly doesn't act like that at home. That's what they're going to think. I meet people all the time. You go share the gospel with them, and what do they do? They say, oh, the church is full of hypocrites. Well, duh. That's what you say to them. Like, yeah, you mean sinners? You mean people who are still messed up? Who are redeemed by the grace of God? Yeah, we are. But you know what? We serve a perfect God who's sinless, who's all-powerful, who died for us at the cross. But if people don't see that in us, the forgiveness of God and the grace and the mercy and the humility in us, they're not going to see it. They're going to miss it in God. Our homes should be permeated with the love of Christ. Not sinful anger. But sometimes sinful anger will happen in the home. And there is something that you can do about it. Admit your failure. Humble yourself before your spouse, before your kids. And move towards forgiveness. One last thing and we're done. Pray for, and sometimes pray with, the people that you're angry with. Quarrel erupts in your home, which I've, I'm assuming that this is the place where most anger happens, is within our homes, because it's hidden and Unfortunately, I don't know why it's with the people we love the most, but maybe because they'll, I don't know. If quarrel erupts in the family, husbands, 
take the initiative and say, okay, this is getting out of hand here. You know what? Let's hold on. Let's stop. And let, let's ask God for wisdom to resolve this problem in a godly way. There's obviously something going on in here that's causing us to be angry. Let's resolve this in a positive way. Don't preach at your mate during your prayer. Don't condemn them to hell during your prayer. Lord, no, you come to God and you say, With God, we need your help. Please help me. Please help my wife. Please help our kids. Help us as kids not to be so angry. Pray together. Confess your own anger to God. And, and ask him to help you show his love in your family. I just kind of want to end by just, again, affirming that it's okay to get angry. You are going to get angry. But it's what are you going to do with that anger are you going to allow that anger to be constructive and to bring about change in your life? Or are you going to let that anger be destructive and not really do anything positive with it? Be slow to anger. <laughs> Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And we won't do it perfectly. And that's why we have the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he, can, he, he can forgive us. He can make us respond differently next time. Uh, let's pray. Father, I want to pray, God, that you will um, work in our hearts, God. Um, Lord, you know us, and um, God, we know ourselves a little bit, and um, God, we know that, that there are times where we get angry in our lives, Lord, and we say and do things that we don't want to. God, I pray that you'd work in our hearts right now, God. Um, Lord, if there's folks here, God, who just don't know you, Father, I pray, God, that you would you would draw them to yourself, God, even now as we sing. And, um, and Father, if, um, and I'm for those of us that struggle with anger in the room, God, um, I pray, God, that you'd, just, you'd speak to our hearts, God. I pray, Lord, that you'd replace that anger and the bitterness, and, the, and God, that, that instead that anger, God, would lead us towards change and, and towards a new way of living, God. So, Lord, come and speak to our hearts right now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.